I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's a... And that music can only mean one thing. The Delaware Valley Journal is on the air. The official podcast of DelawareValleyJournal.com, where we trust you are going every day to read the outstanding news reporting you can't find anywhere else for Bucks, Chester, Delaware, and Montgomery counties, provided by the lovely and talented news editor, Linda Stein. Linda, welcome. Hi there, Michael. By the way, I had a blast with our last podcast where you talked about your experience of going to your first Trump rally. I don't know if uh, going to a Moms for Liberty rally is kind of the same. I I don't know, but I do know that when you go, you might run into someone like uh, State Representative Carrie Lewis Del Rosso. She is the Republican candidate for lieutenant governor, and she joins us on the podcast. Representative, welcome to you. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm Carrie Lewis Del Rosso coming to you from Allegheny County today. I'm out back in my district in Oakmont, Pennsylvania, and I was in Montgomery County on Monday night in Harrisburg this week. And uh, exciting times in Pennsylvania. What a race. So what were you doing at a uh, Moms for Liberty event? So myself and um, our, our policy, our political director, um, Josh Herman, we, we got to get to go to Montgomery County. We were invited by a lovely group of moms. Vicki Flannery runs um, the Moms for Liberty Montgomery County, and she ha- hosted a wonderful event at the local tap. And we had a packed house. We had a packed house of people that are coming out. And, um, you know, it is, it's the belly of the beast. It's, it's Josh Shapiro's backyard. <laughs> so I was excited to be there. Uh, and before I hand you over to Linda, do you think that the uh, issues that parents are raising about the balance of power between moms and dads and school officials when it comes to things from COVID and health restrictions over to the content of the curriculum. Do you think that's going to be part of what helps Pennsylvanians decide who to elect in November? Yes. And I think the the valid points that were being made that night at the uh, Montgomery County um, event was that it, it's something that Josh Shapiro actually fought for keeping kids masks in schools and keeping um, parents not giving them a choice and parents are mad. And that is one of the things that really resonates with with everyone, whether you be a Democrat or Republican, is that if you don't have a choice in your in your child's education in school, um, then we have an issue. And living through a pandemic myself with three kids that go to the public schools and we're told to stay home. And and even when we had to go back, it was mask up and it it was a very tough time. And these these parents have come out and they're they're sticking, you know, Doug and Carrie for, you know, Master Randall Del Rosso is 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 the ticket to win it because we're going to put a stop to that. I mean, enough is enough. No more shutdowns. Wow. Um, sounds like you're pretty determined there. Um, and you were d- determined to win your seat uh, in the state legislature too, Carrie. Um, when you ran, you ran against the uh, Democrats minority leader, right? And you flipped a blue district. Uh, how'd you do that? By knocking on doors and working very hard. I knocked on 13,000 doors actually during the the, the pandemic, quote, quote unquote, you had to shelter in place. Well, I grabbed a mask and a pair of sneakers and didn't want to offend anybody. And I made sure I got to the doors and told people that, you know, this, this has got to stop. And yes, it was, um, it was a, a drawn blue district. 
district. Um, he, you know, the last redistricting, it was drawn so the, the gentleman I beat would never lose, and I unseated him. Um, it was kind of like some people tell, tell it as a story of like David and Goliath, and it was one of those things that up until almost two weeks before, people were saying, oh, well, you did a good job. And I said, yeah, but I'm on the ground. I know what I'm doing. So even the polling wasn't reflecting it until almost the end. And then meanwhile, I did. I won in a, um, I think I won by about two to three points, um, almost 900 votes. I didn't know until six days after because the mail-ins were still coming in, but I held my own um, and I won. So and I got to ask, I got to people forget, we, we, you know, Americans were so adaptable. You know, we just we just find a way to, to, to go forward. We don't like to sit around and grouse and look backwards. We tend to just, you know, seize the next opportunity. But looking back at when you were doing that door to door campaigning, when there were there really was a sense of fear and panic out among some people in the population. What were the reactions you were getting when you were showing up You know, at this time where the media's message was, you know, cower, stay in, hide under the bed. And here comes a total stranger knocking on my door to ask for votes. What was the reaction from the would be voters? Well, a lot of people, you know, again, the district that I represent is a hardworking class, um, blue collar district, that this is something that, you know, we would never think to see in our times. Stay home from work. Don't go out. Don't go to your kid's football game. Like, right. okay, that that doesn't resonate very well. And so people, you know, thought like, what are we doing here? And then again, you know, there is the fear and respectfully so, you know, it's, it was a virus. And, you know, if you get sick, you can get sick from the flu virus. You can, you can die from pneumonia. You can die from any virus. People were so scared by the media push on this that some people did stay home. And respectfully, that's why I did bring a mask with me. I did not want to offend anybody. But again, you know, I got to the doors and my, my message resonated very well with, with, the, the district that I represent and what they didn't want, they didn't want a career politician. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly yeah. what we're running against right now. We're running against right. a career politician, someone who has never seen, you know, the courtroom. Um, he's a lawyer. What, how many cases have you fought? <laughs> so look, you've got, you've got a Colonel in the army uh, who's, who was a fighter. You have someone who's been on the ground. I was in local government for a year and a half, two years, same thing, state house, you know, again, just an advocate, ready to work, ready to fight. You got a good ticket. It's the Mastriano Del Rosso ticket. So Carrie, you were, um, as a freshman, you managed to get two bills passed. You were saying, what were those? So um, Act, Act 9 of 2022, so the early detection and on, of onset of Alzheimer's and any cognitive disorders. And then a protection, um, I changed the crimes code for protection for um, uh, care dependent individuals. So that there were two that I, I got pushed through um, that again, in 16 months of being in the house, you really have to be able to work legislation in such a way it needs to come out of committee, then it needs to be voted on, it needs to be caucused about. So, um, and it takes a lot of time. A lot of things always sit in committee and then they die. I mean, do you remember the Sesame Street, um, how, how, how a bill, what is it? The Schoolhouse Rock. About Schoolhouse Rock, about to oh, say, right. now, yes. now, now you're in my arena. Okay, yeah, it's definitely so not so, it's Schoolhouse Rock. I'm just a bill, yeah, I'm only a bill and I'm stuck here on Capitol Hill. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So, so, so that's the other thing, too, is that, you know, when people are saying things about, um, you know, some of these sound bites that are coming off of the media right now with Doug, and I, I laugh about it because I'm like, boy, people are just really not educated on 
how a bill works or how how something goes through a system because no one has the executive order to you know make a make a law i mean governor wolf ran on minimum wage did he get it no so like again it, it's got to come through the house and the senate it's got to be agreed to by the general assembly and that's the education that people just i don't think understand and i think that that's one of the one of the things that people need to understand is that you know doug is going to be a fantastic governor he is going to make sure that legislation gets to his desk i'm sure that you know is not going to be vetoed and our is going to open up our economy and open up our energy sector and make our agricultural industry the best which it is one of the best manufacturing but i think that that is the that is the push that we can do as a team i could i could surely help him as just being in the house for for one year and and seeing how quick i can move stuff and that's where my experience comes into play um and i and i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to it he has been him and i you know i'm so excited i get to these rallies with him him and i will be at a rally um, in Franklin on Friday night. Tonight, he's in Delco. Tonight, he's in Delaware County. And he's got a list of people lined up um, to, to come and speak. Um, some of the people who are from the, the Philadelphia area, um, including Dave White, I think he's going to be there, um, and others. And I think it's it's important that people know. Rick Santorum. Oh, yes. And Rick's from my neck of the woods over here. Yes. Um, Carrie, uh, if you're elected as our lieutenant governor, you would be um, chair of the Board of Pardons, a job that Lu Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, now Senate candidate, is uh, doing right now. And uh, he managed uh, to uh, get uh, quite a few people uh, pardoned. Uh, what would your stance be? I understand you'd be more law and order driven. Yeah, so you know, I, I'll I'll bring the, to the board of pardons the same leadership that I bring to the state house. You know, I'll re review procedures, um, see where I can improve functions of the board. Um, but my my goal is to yes maintain uh, law enforcement and making sure that you know people who are punished, you know, they they are able to serve their sentence. Um, I'm not going to be allowing criminals to roam freely because safe communities is the utmost priority right now. And look what's going on in Philadelphia. Um, you know, people are trying to uh, leave our cities now and it's not good for Pennsylvania. So we've, I think it's, it's important that, you know, I, I see, I see to make sure that, you know, we stick to maintaining law and order. Yes. Um, so when when we were at when I was covering um, the Mothers for Liberty event the other night and got to meet you, um, it seemed like there were a lot of very strong mama bears there who want to fight for their kids. And um, one issue that I was interested in is school choice. Why is that important? Do you think? Well, I think every child deserves an education, and it doesn't have to be something that is you know fit to uniform. I think what we need to do is we need to fund our students, not the apparatus. And the apparatus isn't working right now. Um, and I use public education as an example in that, you know, some of some of our kids today are not getting a quality education and they're slipping through the cracks and they're not being able to read and write at the level that they should be. So how do we do that? Well, choice. Give it to the parents. Let the parents understand what's going on. Let the parent and give it give it back to you know the parents or the guardians, to, so they can understand. Because I don't care what anyone says, enrichment starts at home, and structure starts at home, and it's not the job of the educator to parent. It's the job of the educator to educate. 
So I, I think that that's where I stand on that. Um, I have three children, they're 14, 12, and 11. They all learn differently and they all have different trajectories. And I think that that's important um, in terms of individualized learning plans, whether you know, you're know you one side of the spectrum, the other, um, I think it's, it's very important that we are, like I said, the funding is following the student and not the apparatus. So what do you say about uh, State Senator Mastriano when people who don't know him but know you ask about him? Because obviously the the advertising is pretty tough. The media coverage uh, is pretty tough. We had our own uh, encounter here at Delaware Valley Journal where he abruptly ended a podcast interview, which I trust you will not do. Uh, and uh, so uh, what? Tell, tell us about it, the Doug Mastriano that people don't know about. Um, the people that don't know him, and I, I – actually, we, we were just in Lackawanna together and I'm from Scranton, Pennsylvania. So I got up on stage and I became Scranton Carrie, which is. <laughs> you know, but does everyone in Scranton have to have Scranton as their first name? Is that like a rule for you guys or something? No, no. But, you know, I said, you know, you could take the girl out of Scranton, but not the Scranton out of the girl. Uh-huh. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not someone who lived on the outskirts. I, I'm from the city of Scranton. So I'm, I went, I was educated in Scranton. Um, you know, my friends, we walked to school. That's kind of why I, you know, I, I'm very much for, you know, communities that have education right in their backyard, but Doug and I, we laugh. I mean, we, we laugh, we have, we have fun because he is first, he's, he's going to be an outstanding governor. He's a leader. He knows how to lead. You know, he's a Colonel in the army for 30 years. He has a sense of brilliance that even I stop sometimes, um, you know, I was I was in Gettysburg a couple weeks ago and I was driving out. And as I was driving out of Gettysburg on my way on 30 into Chambersburg and I was getting to see like the country in a different light. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so cool here. This is, you know, this is Pennsylvania's finest, it's history. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, why now I know what Doug is what Doug is. Because <laughs> that's his backyard. You know, if you're in your backyard and that's what you see, you you that's what you know. And and he's He's so, he's such a historian, which is amazingly cool, but you know, he's a unifier. What he did overseas um, was he was able to go into units and unify them and what, and, and protect our country. So if you look at something from like a higher level with him, he comes back to Pennsylvania and sees like this bickering and this garbage that's going on here with even within our own state. And he's like, I got to do something about it. And so, like, again, that's kind of, uh, all joking aside, I'm the same way. Like, I, I got involved locally and then recognized what was coming down from the state level. And I went to the gentleman that I ran against and I said, what are you doing about it? And he said, oh, wait your turn. And you don't tell Terry Lewis to wait her turn. I'm like, okay, move over. I'll get, get out of the line. And, and, and that's what it is. It's like, if you're not, if you're, if you're being complacent about things, it's it, you shouldn't be in government and th- i think doug has the same attitude as i have it's like we're in there to do our job and then we're gonna go off into the sunset we're the light at the end of the tunnel right now and i think that that's important to know he is respectful he has a wonderful wife Rebby. she has been beside him the whole time and i think that has something to say about it he had his amazing respect for women and even when i I go to his, I went to his office, you know, during the budget and asked him a couple questions about things and I was all fired up. He's like, okay, Carrie, calm down. He's like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's awesome. And I can't wait to be so his Lieutenant governor. You, you, so you mentioned uh, uh, the women and, and uh, his relationship with his wife and, and you, you're working with him, but you know, there, for people who 
for whom the abortion issue is super front of mind, they're already in their camps. People who are pro-life are going to vote for pro-life candidates like uh, like uh, Senator Mastriano. People who for whom uh, you know a pro-choice is a big issue, they know where they're going to be. What would you say to a group of suburban moms who are you know unhappy with the direction Democrats are going? They definitely are frustrated with the economy. They don't like that the schools are shut down, but they hear. Uh, Senator Mastriano's uh, policy on abortion and they hear his language about abortion, they go, I just don't know if I can vote for that guy. So go back to the schoolhouse rock that I just talked about uh-huh. and I'm just a bill and anything that has to be done has to be legislated. So if there's, you know, Roe gets sent back to the States and my office phone starts ringing off the hook and I'm talking mm-hmm. people off a ledge and I'm trying to explain <laughs> to them that nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. You know, we still have an abortion control act in the state, but it's our job now to have as the general assembly representatives. So you elect representatives, you, you elect senators to argue these kinds of cases and see what we can do in terms of what kind of law we want to put in place. And I think that that's important. And that law would have to get to Senator Mastriano's desk for him to sign. And that has to be legislated. So again, you know, I'm, I'm a mother. I have a, I have a daughter that was born at 33 and a half weeks and she wasn't breathing when she came out of me. Mm. Now under the Shapiro administration, would that be a late term abortion? Would he allow that? Would that be, would that be recognized by the state? And that scares me as a mother. So all those suburban mothers out there should think, you know, this, this is your, your option is to have someone who's for life or for possibly second guessing life. And I, I have an issue with that. I have an issue with late term abortions. And I, I think that it's important that we, you know, we protect the life of the mother. And I do believe in exceptions. So that's where my stance is on it. And I think that, you know, you'll have your local representatives that will be able to caucus that. And I encourage the suburban moms, especially of Allegheny, outside Philly or wherever, to talk to their representatives and see where they stand on it. Because if they're where they are on it, then nothing's going to change. And that's, you know, again, go back to the schoolhouse rock. I've been playing that for people to try to explain to them that <laughs> this is how it works, everyone. It's Sesame Street. Like, come on. Um, and I, I feel bad because when when that decision came back, my, my office was actually, um, I had my sign stolen, a little bit of, yeah, there was couple of things that went on and I, and I said, wow, just because I'm a Republican and I'm pro-life, I don't want to kill anyone. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm for life and this is what I get. So. Well, the other life issue is crime in our area is really booming, especially in the city of Philadelphia. Um, so you guys would do something about that, presumably that uh, maybe a Shapiro would not do. Well, yes. And you know, one of the things that I think, um, that we're, we're not recognized is, is how bad crime has gone up. Um, Senator Mastriano has made it known um, about how I think the number of killings have more than doubled since um, Josh Shapiro has been the attorney general in, in, in Philadelphia, especially. Um, that is a problem. I mean, I, I saw also, I don't know what county it was, but you know, a woman's out running, people are attacking people. Um, and, and our police force, you know, needs to grow too. You know, our first responders are, are suffering in this state because we aren't getting the people that, you know, are, are actually going for those jobs. So we got to make sure that we build our, you know, police force and, and, and make sure that our first responders are growing, firefighters, everybody. Um, so, yeah, you know, our, our law enforcement is a, is a big deal. And 
again, I think that that's where Senator Mastriano and I is why we're the right choice. So I have to say, Representative Del Rosso, that Mastriano and Del Rosso, is there something that those of us who are not Italian should know that's going on here? Should we, is there a, you know, is there, are you making us an offer that we can't refuse? I gotta ask. Well, <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> um, when we were in Lackawanna the other day, that's what um, Doug has said. He said, if we're going to make Italian food great again. And I laughed. <laughs> well, no, I, I love, I love Italian food and I've been to Italy a few times, although the Northern part, which is my favorite part. And uh, so my attitude is, look, if you're going to, if you're going to bring a great pasta to Harrisburg, how, how can that be wrong? Well, I think that if the public wants someone to protect life, uphold the constitution, um, protect families, protect, you know, education, grow education, encourage more small business, um, you know, grow our energy sector, manufacturing, agriculture. We are an agriculture state. If we want to make sure our communities stay safe, then we, you all need to vote for Mastriano and Del Rosso. And then that is just a firm belief. You know, I know the Shapiro administration is out doing what they can right now to scare everyone into voting for them because that's what they're doing right now. They're becoming unhinged. And you know what? That's not the way you should vote. You should vote for the protection of you, your family, making sure that your jobs are protected. And you know what? Pennsylvania will be a better state under Doug Mastriano. Well, Representative Del Rosso, the only way this podcast could have been any better is if you had ref worked in a reference to Conjunction Junction, what's your function? That would have been the, <laughs> the ideal capper. But we appreciate you being part of the conversation. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Carrie. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Delaware Valley Journal on the air. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends, post it on social media. And if you haven't, sign up for our twice a week newsletter so you don't miss any of the terrific content from DelawareValleyJournal.com. Thanks again. I'm your host, Michael Graham.